Hey folks, thanks for joining us on Beer and Bullshit again this week. Uh, this week we were hanging out with Sidney Amut from Rebel Soul Tribe Event Planning here in Timmins. And uh, we had a really great chat about uh, what else is there to talk about, I guess. COVID-19, coronavirus, uh, social distancing, social isolation. Uh, we talked a lot about um, the mental health impacts of uh, isolating socially, uh, what the future might hold for reopening the world as we know it, and um, yeah, we had some really thoughtful discussion and uh, a good time with Sylvie. She's uh, a really fun person to hang out with and to uh, chat with, so hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks so much. Cheers. hanging out in the basement of our bunkers again uh doing this remotely tonight we're hanging out with uh, sylvie lamotte uh from rebel soul tribe and uh how you doing tonight sylvie i'm doing pretty good i just finished watching the uh jack johnson uh festival that he was putting on uh in hawaii so that was uh that was pretty entertaining a good way to uh spend a saturday night yeah it's really cool and uh i did see that you're you're throwing a Facebook watch party. I don't know if that's like just something that is automatically put on when they do these things. So it's not. And it's really interesting because I accidentally did a watch party last weekend when that global concert was going on with Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is this? And it's really cool because um, you can have your own kind of private um, watch party with your friends so that any of your friends can see that you're watching this. So they'll log on and then you can have your kind of private uh group chat within that uh within that watch party so it's pretty cool nice nice yeah i know mm-hmm. i know that the social media companies have sort of gotten on this train of everybody being at home and uh trying to simulate us all hanging around in a basement again and uh i know jay and i and uh and our wives we got onto the this the house party app like when when did okay, we Okay, what is that? I don't know what that is. Yeah, when did, when it. did we do that, Jay? And I don't know like if you're you've used it before, but uh no, we just, we've used it for the last 2 weeks now. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we've done a, a Friday night or Thursday night thing and it's uh yeah, it's just a it's like Zoom and all that stuff, but they just have a couple built-in games in it. Okay. So they have built-in games like uh we do like a Pictionary thing, we did a random trivia yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 the trivia yeah. thing too, eh? Yeah. No, it, so there's a couple it, of games. That's all really different. There's no. Yeah, um, my friends were playing. I couldn't join last night because um, I had something else going on. But they were playing uh, Cards Against Humanity online. So there's an app that you could download. I don't know how it works. I'm interested, but yeah, there's all this kind of fun online stuff going on now, right? There was a, a Cards Against Humanity version on on the House Party app too that we played for a bit. Okay, cool. There was one there too, so. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, all these, uh, the like I said, all the social media companies are sort of jumping on board of trying to simulate what you would have these like get-togethers in your house, whether it be like 
watching this one world uh concert or having watch parties of specific like events and i was initially a little excited about it because i thought you know what this is this is great everybody's sort of finding the silver linings in these situations and now i i'm a little bit finding it i like i don't know if it's just that i'm feeling like it's just not the same or that it it seems kind of creepy that we would maybe buy into it a little bit too much. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, it, it's losing its luster a little too quick for me. But uh, I, I find it a little a little too black mirror for me. It feels like we're never gonna leave our house again. <laughs> I'm settling in quite nicely into this new lifestyle, so I'm like, yeah, I'm fine if we just stay like this forever. I'm good. I'm comfortable. I've I've settled. <laughs> <laughs> and you're feeling good about it, and you've adapted your business to it, from what I see. Um, that was one of the one of the reasons I thought it was interesting to to bring you on the podcast and to talk to you a little bit about um, like kind of your perspective on this. We've talked to some people who um, who were still kind of going out there and how they saw this impact their business. Like Mark was on last week, and he was talking about how all of this has sort of upped the demand on, on what he does and upped, uh, everything that it, like sort of increased his level of activity. And I sort of been following your posts and you know, you t- being somebody who's planning events, right. Where people would show up these gatherings, these things that we're currently trying to avoid. Uh, this must've resulted in just it, at least initially a real slowdown and having to back up from, you know, what you were normally doing. Yeah, it was really interesting because um, as soon as everything kind of hit and shut down is when I was preparing to ramp up uh, events for the season, right? If if you uh, think about it that way, winter and spring season. So um, I had events almost planned for almost every weekend. Um, Some were like two per weekend and they were starting... Um, I had two plans for uh, the tail end weekend of March break. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was painful to hit having to hit, you know, cancel on every uh. single one. Um, Cause I was really looking forward to those. And then um, yeah. So it, we it, kind of, kind of hit hard and it hit me in the feelings. And then it was sort of like, okay, we have to, cancel everything and I have a business that like promotes being social and out there and human connection and let's get together and let's do something different this is all my my whole business model right so um canceled everything and sort of um that week of March break and the week after were kind of really hard right we got a lot of information the schools closed the borders closed all that stuff kind of came out so it was sort of like okay what's going on the world's falling apart Um, so I had to wrap my own, um, you know, kind of mental health ar- around that. And uh, what does it mean? And then um, one of the uh, artisans that I partner with, Justine, who works at uh, the ski hill and the brewery. So two businesses that closed down. So she reached out to me and she said, and we had planned uh, a few events together um, that were coming out. And she was like, Sylvia, I just lost two jobs. Like, can we do something? Can we put this online? Can we like figure it out? And I was like, okay, yeah. So you know, figured out um, how to do Zoom. The first workshop that we did, we did a curbside pickup of the supplies um, at Full Deer Brewing. We were parked in the Okay, park. okay, cool. And picked up, we did a bracelet making one. So people came and picked up their bracelets 
And then by the time we did our um, next event, I was like, hey, we got to try to make it um, the least human contact possible, right? I was like, we're just going to get addresses and drop them on people's porches, mailbox, whatever, um, delivered right to their front door and make it like the touchless uh, yeah. service, right? So we moved to that model, yeah. Now, you you talked about your like the central theme of your business being promoting that human and social connection and being together. And obviously this has sort of turned all of that on its head, right? The idea that where all these large social events uh, that, that are, are being planned for the summer, the fact like um, just this past week, Rock on the River was, was canceled. They pulled a plug on that. Um, it seems like right and left, they're basically canceling summer on us, right? Um, yeah. Like what do you see for the future of this in, in the sense that, you know, we're, we're kind of living through something that wasn't on most people's radars in the very beginning. And even when we start to open things up, I think there's still an anticipation that some people are, are going to take, it's going to take time for even some people to become comfortable getting out there mm-hmm. in large, large gatherings again. So like, what, what are your thoughts on that and, and how that sort of impacts events that you want to throw and and how you promote that connection at the same time yeah um it's it's interesting too because i started um in the summers so um the creative events and um stuff that i do mostly in the in the winter to encourage people to go out and then in the summer people want to be outside so i started a paddleboard business last summer which i had big plans to grow for this summer so that has completely kind of gone to the wayside. I'm, I'm not even, you know, I was going to buy more boards. I was going to connect with festivals, partner with um, festivals that are by large waterways. Um, so I'm not even, those plans are all on hold. I'm not even going to, you know, try to plan anything around that because we don't know when we're going to open and then we don't know what the economy is going to be like um, when we're able to open as well. Right. So um, my business slowly relies on people having disposable income and the economy is going to shit. So who knows? Right. Um, And right now um, with uh, rebel soul tribe, what I'm doing is just kind of taking it day by day, week by week. So it's, Mm. you know, I'm not, um, so usually what I do is, um, so I have the fall season, which starts in September to December. And I kind of look at my calendar and I'll plan those four months all in one shot and plan all the events and the dates. Um, I usually, and then in January I do the same thing. I go to full beard. I sit with Johnny. We look at the calendar. We hit all the dates, um, set those up for a four month chunk of time. So now my planning is really, okay. Um, let's look at the next four weeks. What can we do in the next four weeks? Launch those. And then kind of taking things a little slower. Um, And then when you look at it too, um, speaking to my cousin in Toronto who runs a theater center, um, they're sort of looking at, okay, when we reopen, are people even going to want to go to the theater? And what is that going to look like? And do we have social distancing at the theater? So we put, you know, two seats together, two seats empty, four seats together so people can sit with who they come with but still have a distance um between them it's interesting because i have a friend in vietnam and they just lifted their lockdown and um she's saying that um going out in public out on the streets taking any public transportation you have to wear a mask that's um 
that's one thing that they have to do. The restaurants, the cafes are open, but um, the bars, the karaoke bars, of course, it's Asia, karaoke bars, the gym, <laughs> clubs, yeah, the clubs are still shut down. And then I think it's gatherings of up to 10 people are allowed now. So it's, yeah. it's a slow kind of start. And she's kind of an Otis. She's like, some people just act like it didn't even happen. Like they're walking in the streets like it didn't even happen. And she's still being very careful of, you know, how close she gets to people. So it's going to be interesting on how this, um, you know, reopening happens yeah. and, and where people are going to be with that. Mm-hmm. I also think that we are all going to be socially awkward as fuck. Like, <laughs> I know I am now. That human interaction, right? So. I, I 100% am super awkward right now. Because and I think half of it comes down to the fact that every every person I cross, I don't know how strictly they're adhering to social distancing. So I'm looking at them, they're looking at me, and they're probably thinking the same thing. And I'm going like, uh, do I like don't get too close? Am I already too close to you? Am I? It, it's making us all feel like we're in the eighth grade again at like the the year end formal. Uh, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> It's really weird, right? And then, and then you almost feel like because you're you're kind of going around people, it like you feel rude, right? Like you're just like yep. going around people. So if I'm walking down the street and I'm like crossing the street, not to come in that that close contact with somebody, I always try to make eye contact and smile at the same time, like walking away but still smiling, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes it more awkward or not. Going out of your way to to smile. Well, you know, just not because I feel rude. I'm like, oh, you're yeah. there. I'm just going to walk over here. I don't want to be close to you. Exactly. Like, it's just exactly. weird. <laughs> Jay, uh, did you see that they're opening up Saskatchewan? Is it uh, next week? Yeah. Or, yeah, they're doing a slow rollout for Saskatchewan. Like, I'm assuming, like, I'm guessing their numbers are small, are low. Like, they don't have a huge population. Like, yeah. I get it. And I can guess it's just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of wheat farmers so <laughs> they're all out in the middle of nowhere anyways right whatever ah. but yeah no like i i wonder what that's gonna be like like they not huge centers uh yeah it's that's a tough one well i think that's what like these are the places we're gonna have to watch right yeah uh and see what what comes out of that like to some extent like it really sucks that in ontario we got such high numbers of cases but we're getting to see what a reopening of the economy looks like and which places may have done it too early if there ends up being a second wave of infections and all that. But uh, also how people are going to react in these places, right? Like you mentioned Vietnam, Sylvie, and uh, some people are walking around like it never happened and some people are walking around like it's still happening, right? Yeah. So it's you're you're getting both ends of the spectrum. So I I don't know. To me, that's going to be telling on what to expect when they start to reopen things here in Ontario. So I, I heard I'm that, interested. I don't know if it's New Brunswick or um, somebody was telling me today that um, one of the provinces on the east coast um, was doing um, slow reopening. But what they're doing first is allowing to, um, so let's say they're allowing families to visit each other, but only with one family, okay? So um, (laughs) let's say you start visiting with uh, your in-laws and your family visits with your in-laws, then you are not allowed to go visit with other families. This is what I heard. I haven't 
seen it, but it's just, it's kind of funny. My parents were telling me today, they're like, so we're going to have to pick if we visit with you or your brother. And I was like, you can have my brother. I'm, I'm good. I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's tailor made for, for arguments, right? It, it, this is perfect. Uh, it's funny that that you mentioned that because I was asking that same question. I feel like this is where a lot of people are are getting fatigued with this whole social distancing thing is not getting to see their families. I'm having a hard time not going to my parents' place, having a beer, not going for Sunday dinner at my wife's place, uh, wife's parents' place. And we're we're like wondering when that's gonna start. and i I couldn't help but think in this sense that logically, that would be one of the last things that they would they would allow people to, or they would recommend that people do. The first things will be things where people are relying on a paycheck, right? Yeah. The, you want to get people back to making a living. But I, I don't know. Yeah. It all depends on how you're looking at it. Is it like, are you trying to take care of people's mental health so they don't go insane? Or do you want to make sure? Because, I mean, it's not good for your mental health either if you're poor, so let's it's, it's really, really hard because you have, uh, you know, um, the economic factors coming into play. You have mental health coming into, you know, like it's there's there's a lot of layers to this. Um, and then, you know, small businesses are, you know, um, a lot of them are, are suffering right now. So, yeah, I'm going to mute myself for one second, guys. Yeah, Give no problem. One sec. I just got to okay. hand off the uh, baby monitor to the. Yes, <laughs> Jay's, uh, Jay's a new father. Is that like uh, a relay? You're like, here you go. It's your turn. That's exactly how it works. And, and you will, I, I don't know if, uh, you had seen any other episodes of the podcast, but you'll, you won't be surprised when you see that none of this gets cut. <laughs> we, we take these breaks all the time. So if you got to get up, you got something to do. That's perfectly fine as well. Uh, <laughs> I think we've had people clean their house. Uh, one, I remember one time we did one with John Core, and I had to get up and go uh, tend to my crying daughter, and that's when our guest was in the house with us. So, nice, yeah, nice. yeah, it's a very informal thing we do here. Um, no, but that I, I mean, kind of getting back to the whole mental health aspect because, and and this was something that I thought was interesting and, and related to uh, the 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 point of your business, as you had mentioned, right. Yeah. Is being social, bringing people together. And it seemed like it was really centered around promoting a healthy mindset and, and people kind of being in the right state of mind and, and being around each other. And this is, like I said, it's kind of thrown that for chaos uh, to chaos. And there's a lot of, a lot of people who are looking at or grasping at different ways to maintain that throughout this. And I'm wondering if it's, it's going to be a relief to those people when things get back to quote unquote normal and everybody's going to be rushing back to getting to these large scale events. Or if we're going to find ways to, that'll be sufficiently social enough, right? So you're going to have people that don't want to risk getting sick and they say, yeah, you know what? It's good enough for me to watch a a live stream concert from home, right? Is there going to be enough of those people so what's really interesting is that um, what I found when I since I've taken these events online, I'm I'm hitting a different um, market with these. So I've had people before that are you know keep telling me I want to go to your events, but you know they're you know mothers with 
you know, young kids, they can't necessarily leave the house. Um, you're getting people that are just highly introverted that don't like to leave the house. So I'm getting a lot of new people signed on to these workshops because they can do them at home. You don't have to leave the house. So it's kind of bringing in a whole um, different set of people. And I was talking to uh, Justine of Crystal Vault Designs, who I partner with. And we're sort of talking about, you know, when when things kind of reopen, when we get on the other side of this is, um, you know, having both models. So doing workshops, um, live workshops at local venues, but also hosting some online, too. So kind of um, keeping with this um, this model as well, because you are getting um, we use Zoom. So the first one, we actually used Facebook Live. And we found that um, because a lot of our events are you're crafting, right? So you're using your hands and Facebook Live, you only get that one person speaking and people can comment. But now we've moved to Zoom where everybody can put their video on, we can chat with each other. So it makes it a little more, it gives it more of that social feel, right? And um, the comments that I've had of people that um, have come and then they message me afterwards and they're like, wow, I really needed that. It was so nice to like interact with, um, you know, a group of women and not necessarily, you know, my five-year-olds all the time, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So I think it's opening doors. And then, you know, um, I teach also at the Bodhi Tree Yoga Studio, which we've gone online now. So, you know, you can still, I think businesses are going to see that, you know, they could offer that hybrid even when um, things slowly start to open because you're going to have the people that want to just do these kinds of things at home. Um, so yeah. it's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And you know what? I, I was thinking about that this week and, and Jay, I feel like you could provide a real good analysis of this as the uh, head, head honcho business guy at Northern College. <laughs> So he he can tell us uh, how um, how can I how can I explain? It? We'll see about that. We'll, we'll see. What we'll see? Okay. So I see that there's a big change that comes for a, lo a lot of businesses on this front. Like a lot of people tra tra uh, transitioning to online, like things like you mentioned, uh, doing yoga classes online. Now, what becomes difficult, I think, is to monetize those types of things, right? Because people are so used to getting shit for free on the internet, right? like mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. free youtube videos whatever right they just don't have to pay but you're also dealing with the fact that you might not have the brick and mortar real estate rent to contend with on that front where do you find that balance where it still becomes something that you can have an income from but you know you're you're really low overhead right like how, like, are, are there examples of businesses that have done this just really well? Do people look to examples in like retail or I, I don't know. So this is a question to me. That's the question. I'm, I'm confused, Jason. Enlighten me. I don't, I think there, there's a possibility. Like I do think, uh, you know, you guys are doing pretty good for Rebel Soul Tribe and the, uh, uh, uh what's Justine's business name again? Crystal Vault? Chris, Crystal Vault Designs. Yeah. There you go. Eh, I'm not too bad. I remember. Uh, I have her on Instagram, so uh, I do think you, have to, you guys have a pretty decent little idea that the fact that you guys uh, are selling, like there's an uh, an a item farm. they need to get in order to participate type thing. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's some there's a reason to have to spend. Uh, you know, then you see, you know, there are the like the you know the workout programs, like you know Chris Hemsworth stuff and all that, where it's a bit of a membership type thing and. You know, like instead of paying for a, a, 
a, a trainer essentially is an online trainer so i think there are some options with that you know like am i going to want to spend money on doing online trivia with you know jason Bosno grain teasers probably not uh you know like it's it's that's going to be a tougher call to to do when you can just go to Sporkle and play whatever trivia they have there. But th- there's a difference, though, because even with, um, like, the uh, the creative social we hosted on Zoom last night, like, yeah. you're meeting up with people you know, and we had, you know, somebody jumps on and they're like, oh, Mel, you're here too. Hey, how's it going? Like, you're, you know, you still have that kind of interaction with people that you know. And in terms of, um, sorry if I'm interrupting you, but in terms of like gym memberships, (laughs) okay, this is what we do, it's okay? Oh yeah, perfectly fine. (laughs) Um, In terms of uh, gym memberships and online fitness, because um, that stuff is popping up uh, free and out there, but what Discover Fitness has done, which is really, really interesting, because I have a membership with them and I've kept my membership with them as they started a... Um, and I think they're getting new members because of this. So it's really all about um, adding value, right? So they're, they've started a private Facebook virtual group and they have all of their regular fitness classes on there where the instructors pop on, they teach, um, but they also added, they're bringing in guest speakers. So last night's um, creative social that we did was through the Discover Fitness team and then they've brought in like tina from rainville health they brought in april who like did a makeup tutorial there's been nutrition tutorials today or tomorrow i think there's a meal planning kind of guest speaker that you get um to to access through this membership and not only does it like add value to your membership but it also highlights all of these local businesses right and some of them that are kind of hurting right now um to really feature what they're doing Another thing that they've done as well is they've rented out all of their spin bikes. Their gym equipment has all been rented out. So that's sort of a, a business that I've seen that have, has really stepped up their their game um, in what that they can offer um, their members and growing. I think they have over 300 members on that online community. So I think the the membership right the membership um, rate has dropped down a little bit for for the online stuff, but they they've stepped it up and added value to. That's an interesting. I see them doing. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Jay. Well, I do see them, and like I see that type of business still having that 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 value. And if they're looking at extra things to add on, like all the better. I do see stuff like that doing well. Uh, You know what I see? You know, some companies doing. uh, You know, like retail companies, like uh, you know, uh, you know, product instead of just actual like a a service. Like service, there's a way to do it still, and like Mm -hmm. you know, depending how you how creative you're going to be, I think there's a way to get this done but you know like let's say uh the bonnie boys at the uh at uh the wake park you know like yeah that's gonna be a little bit of a tougher call like there's there's not a whole unless some reason they allow some type of tourism thing on city property that's gonna be tough uh but you you see like you know o'reilly's you know they're still doing bike tune-ups you know drop off at your house you gotta just drop them off they'll pick them up it'll drop it off later you know stuff like that could, could still be very useful like they have to just figure out like all right the regular retail stuff might not be there, but the the service side is gonna be something to pick up. So you know, like maybe start focusing on more of the of the uh, you know the the, the tune ups. Start focusing more on you know the the selling stuff directly to customers type thing instead of just the because like you know no one's going in and going to try out you know baseball bats. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're not selling that this year. Yeah. But th- to be I mean- 
Yeah, and and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of sports is canceled. But yeah. the fact that um, so maybe once that gets going, that's going to be a little bit uh, a little different. But as far as like brick and mortar retail, like people staying at home now are even less inclined there to go out and do that support local if that local is not delivering or taking orders online yeah. or like they'll they'll buy from Amazon before they do that because they'll have it at your they have infinite inventory and they'll have it at your door within 24 hours. And I say infinite inventory unless you're trying to buy Lysol products apparently. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I need I need to make a drink of something. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. But so, even when you look when you look at like Compass and how they've kind of switch and they're making hand sanitizer now right like just getting really creative on what what exactly you can do um to to pivot really in this time yeah yeah it's uh it's it's different and i mean as a podcast we've pivoted from uh selling nothing to worse selling nothing to people uh in in one setting to selling nothing to people online so uh i'm uh I'm interested, like, I know, like, we've spoken about, you know, we've been trying to push, you know, especially, uh, lately, especially, you know, buy local, buy local. It's going to be interesting with the brick and mortar retail stores, how they're going to do once, you know, if they start slowly bringing in, you know, uh, or lifting, you know, requirements. Are people going to rush out and start shopping at the mall again? Or is that going to be, like, are people going to be hesitant for that? You know, like, it, you already... It's kinda- it's funny because I was having um, coffee in my parents' driveway today and my mother was like, I cannot wait to go shopping. That's all I want to do right now. It's like, she's like, we are, as soon as everything opens up, we are driving to Sudbury. You're coming with me. We are going shopping. I'm like, okay. I, <laughs> all I've been getting are ads of jogging pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see in, to, I guess, any and this was probably already happening. It's just going to accelerate this process. Is that eventually any kind of brick and mortar establishment is really just going to be storage for whatever that needs. It's going to be a shipping receiving operation, right? It, most most places will have to will have to hold inventory of their product, have a very very small storefront, and uh, unless you're a place of congregating, right? Where people are looking to congregate. Like, let's say uh, you look at Full Beard, right? Like they've got the the whole side of the establishment where they make their beer and sell it and, and they have their storefront component to it. But then they have something that's a little bit larger where people can sit down and have, and have a drink and stick around and socialize. Now, if you're not selling beer, you're selling in knickknacks or whatever right like what's the point of even having a storefront when you can do your online distribution you can use all your real estate as inventory storage you can maximize that to hold as much inventory as you can and just have a shipping receiving operation at the front right where people are just just receiving stock and shipping it out but what happens when it's when it's inventory that you have well first of all if if it spoils but what if it's something that has to uh, be refrigerated, but something that has to be uh, like you have to try on. Like I, I have like I don't know why I've bought in about like three suits since I've been 
in quarantine because I just keep, I, I, I keep getting I keep getting emails uh, for like like RW and Banana Republic stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, he's getting he's getting dressed up to go sit in his living room. <laughs> Pretty well, but like I know my sizes, I know the cut that fits me and all that stuff. Like I already am the go to a store to window shop in order to go back home and order online. I've already been doing that, and I've like I'm like I've. And I'm not saying that's what I do all the time. I don't go to tip top tailors and say, okay, like I know what this is and then go home and order somewhere else. I'll buy from them. But like, you know, we're, let's be honest, we're in Timmins. There's the, the options you want for buying certain things you can't get here. But, you know, like a lot of people will go to Best Buy, check out the TV, and if they can get the cheaper uh, price on Amazon or wherever, they're going to, or straight from the manufacturer, they're going to go do that. So, like, is this going to, like, but is that not a shipping a... return problem? Is that not just like, okay, I order this. It shows up at my house within hours. I try it on in my house. It doesn't fit. I send it back. Yep. And it's and it's gone within hours. Right? Like there are companies uh, that, and I mean, I don't buy a lot of clothes online, but uh, clothes shows up at my house sometimes. Uh, and the, <laughs> there are... There are companies that have figured out how to do this in a way that is actually quite convenient. You receive it, you try it on, eh, you know, it's not really what I was return looking for or whatever. You, you put it back, there's already what you need to return it and you send it back and you get your refund. Now, it's not done in the context of an afternoon, right? Like you're not walking around in a in a mall for this. But to me, if a company can save on um, uh, save on real estate costs... Uh, in order to pass the savings on to the customer, uh, then, man, I, I'm sure a lot of people can can figure this out and, and sort of change their shopping habits, especially anybody who has never grown up in the environment of the mall or uh, retail establishments, right? I can see that. But sh- like going out shopping is sometimes also, you know, your... your... Well, exercise. You're like kind of. Are you breaking a sweat while you're shopping? Just like some older individuals will go out, and that's their walk. That's their fresh air, quote unquote. That's them getting away. It's also it's also a social experience where you know I'll go, you know, call my best friend. Hey, let's go, you know, shopping, and we spend an afternoon. We try stuff on. We, you know, go grab a coffee, a drink, whatever afterwards. So there's that too, right? So there's something to be said, and then there's like. Even, you know, there's some stores that I walk into that know me by name now because, like, those are the places I shop. So you kind of feel like you're at home, too. You walk in and they're like, hey, tell me, blah, blah, blah. You know, so you kind of get that experience, too. So you can't substitute that with online shopping. Well, see, and and I, I agree with you, but that's speaking from my perspective as a person who's got a bit of uh, nostalgia for that that kind of thing, right? That whole social aspect. Like, I'm thinking more of my kids who've, who will grow up never having to really go to a store, right? So to them, if I tell them like, oh yeah, you know, we used to go to the grocery store to get milk and they'd be like, go to the grocery store. What do you, you mean? Get that go my door. to the grocery store. <laughs> you know, you you know, you can just do this, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, we couldn't do that before, and I kind of like going out to the grocery store. What? It saves you so much time. Yeah. <laughs> like it's uh, time for, time for what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, same same conversations I have with my parents these days. Come on, 
you know, like you just order it online. It's fine. <laughs> See, I've always and I've I've been the uh, the proponent that kind of retail is is kind of dead. There are certain yeah. retail industries that that do work. Uh, a good portion of it's dead. Uh, you know, let's say if you're playing like I haven't bought one since God knows when, since 2011. But if you want to buy a PlayStation game, uh, you know, you know what it is. You just click it on on whatever website and you get it in the mail. You don't have to go to the mall to pick that up. Uh, Yes, clothing is a bit more of an intimate thing where you kind of have to. It's a lot easier to try it on or you need to know at least, you know, what type of cut or whatever works. Uh, But, you know, like a lot of it is you don't need to be there. Like I can order a pack of whatever diapers. That's what I can see behind me. Uh, (laughs) You know, you can just click it and like you know all right he's this size that's all i need the box will show up two days from now whatever especially if you live in one of the areas where you know amazon essentially same day delivery or the next day delivery why would you even have to go out for some stuff yeah yeah and look at walmart like let's be honest going to walmart i will go to walmart for groceries before i go there to go buy other stuff like toiletries i would count as groceries but like i'm not going there to pick up whatever like it's and half the shelves are would usually be empty beforehand because yeah. retail is dead it's one of the few retail things that are actually still working in a metropolitan like like toronto they have the mass map to keep it alive but there's a reason why there's no downtown there's nothing in both malls and timmins it's retail's gone yeah. it's, and will this maybe bring it back i don't think so i think when it comes to retail i think the fact that you know people have developed these are developing these better and better and better to make it easier. And, you know, the idea of, of keeping inventory, huge percentage inventory in-house, you know, that's already kind of, that's against already conventional wisdom of just-in-time inventory. You know, like, yeah. don't hold on to stuff you don't have to, because that means you bought it, and yeah. that means you have to sell it. So why, you know, it's, the people are going to figure out how to quickly be that go-between, but with the ability to buy straight from manufacturer or whatnot, that's, that's going to be tough. But it'll be between, like, I, I think two different types of businesses are going to have two different types of reactions to this situation. Like, Mm -hmm. like the grocery industry, right. They've seen what happens now when you have just in time inventory is you end up with shortages when as soon as there any kind of uptick in consumption. So whenever everybody decides to um, get their toilet paper and clear the, clear the shelves, then which I'm I'm listening right now to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with uh, Tom Green, okay, and he had an interesting theory on why toilet paper was the first thing to go, and it's that initially a whole bunch of people went out and did groceries. They bought one pack of toilet paper, but toilet paper is actually quite large in volume, and it takes up a whole aisle, right? So everybody just bought their normal amount of toilet paper but they bought it they bought it at the same time so that led to a whole aisle empty of toilet paper which if you ended up with just the one section of name your brand of cracker empty you wouldn't even notice it it wouldn't even be like it wouldn't be psychologically kind of like jarring to you but this was a whole aisle that was completely cleared, and then that point. set off people to to buy more and to hoard it. And when yeah. it came to the shelves, it cleared it out. Made by Doctor Tom Green. <laughs> it's not a bad point. It's probably a decent. It's not a bad theory. It's yeah. like that is be much more visceral, much more, you know, 
uh, from visual, you, you would be able to see like, wait a second. I, I need some. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you see that the, the, the aisle is just completely clear, it's oh, okay. What is going on right now? Right. And who didn't go do groceries in that first week when they were saying, get ready. It's all going to be locked down. Everyone did groceries. Yeah. I so. sent somebody. <laughs> oh yeah. You weren't around. No, no. Uh, no, but just personally too, like, uh, like how uh, we've sort of been asking the people who've been coming on the podcast, like, how did you react to this? Like, what was your initial kind of, um, I don't know, like Jace referred to it as a visceral reaction. Like, what's the first thing? Was it panic? Was it like, okay, I need to get down to business? Like, what was the, how'd you feel about it? Well, it's interesting because, you know, it was, you know, at first it was just the coronavirus that was going around and, and um, I was, I had a trip planned to Portugal in, in May with my parents and uh, my mom kept calling me. She's like, are we still going? I think we should cancel it. What are we doing? And it was in early February. I was like, stop watching the news. What are you like? It's just, a, you know, this virus, like, you it's know, just the flu. SARS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, you're freaking out. It's nothing. And then, um, I have a, a coworker who is a high germaphobe, so she kind of started freaking out a little bit about this, and I was still on the like, relax, whatever, it's you know, it's nothing. And and then um, as soon as the schools closed down, I got like shivers down my spine. I thought, okay, this for that to happen, like this is bigger than what I thought, right? And then um, when the federal government started talking about shutting down the borders and when that happened like it just blew my mind I was like okay something crazy is happening and it took some time to get to Timmins right so you know you don't really it's it wasn't here locally um but as soon as the border shut down I thought oh my god like this is crazy and I went on those I think it was this Sunday of March break I did a live video on my social media and it you know because people were messaging me about my events I was like no no we're still running everything's fine blah 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 and then the next day I was like nope we're hitting cancel on everything we can't do this you know um so it definitely like trying to wrap my head around exactly what was going on and um the fact that it was such on a like global scale i've traveled a lot and i lived in a lot of different countries right so it kind of had this like global mindset as well where it was like oh my god like this is affecting like all of these countries all at once um yeah i had some pretty big kind of like mental breakdowns i would say where it was like okay this is too much and i i watched like the provincial updates and i watched the federal updates and that kind of stuff right so it was kind of keeping up to date of what what is actually going on um from the from the source right in terms of what government is doing so i just like would have these like breakdowns where i'm like okay no i'm turning my computer off i don't know what's going on and um so that was a bit tough and then i just kind of turned on i was like okay this is gonna be i freaked out the first week too because i thought i live alone and i'm highly introverted person I'm really social and I'm always out and about right so always interacting with people so I was like I can't do this I can't be in my house alone by myself all the time like I need to be around people so had a bit of a breakdown there and then I decided to um really like dive into like okay I need to have some healthy health habits and like kind of pull into my mindset and self-care kind of activities right and I started working from home as soon as the schools closed down too. So it was quite early. 
Um, so I just kind of like got in a habit of like doing morning yoga practices, getting online with my fitness. I also non-negotiable is going for a walk every single day just to get out of the house. So just really ramping on it, like, okay, how can I take care of myself? So I'm like, you know, my immune system is top notch. So when it, it does hit me, I can like try to fight this. Um, and then, you know, for the mental health as well, like, what do I need to do in terms of like showing up for myself in the best way possible? Because mm. this is like, you gotta fuck with your head, right? Yeah. Especially being in high isolation. So um, just kind of wrapping that up and knowing that like, I had to <laughs> step up my game. Um, I'm also the type of person. So a lot of people are, you know, kind of, I don't like to be alone. I miss my family. I miss this. I was born and raised in Timmins, but I left Timmins when I was 19. So I moved to Ottawa for a few years. I lived on the West coast of Canada for, uh, oh, I'm getting a, <laughs> a lot of face time. It's all right. Me. So Add them in. I, um, Add them in. West, West, what's that? Add them in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we're on a podcast. Um, I lived on the west coast of Canada for a few years, and then I lived abroad for four years. I was in and out of different countries. So we call them we, ladies. We don't have to call them broads anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. I like that. So that kind of I just because of that, I had to manage relationships with family and friends through through video right through skype through like through phone at a distance i was also in a in a relation long distance relationship for two years with a partner right we lived an ocean across so just managing these kinds of um like e-relationships i guess like from from afar um i got used to that so i feel like my maybe adaptation skills are kind of you know, at this level where I'm like, okay, this is just my new life now. (laughs) You kind (laughs) of had it figured out already, right? Like you, you, you knew, you you knew how to settle into this, but I think regardless, the, the, just the global scale of this kind of emergency, it it sort of leads everybody into this, you know, you sort of described it as a little bit of a seven stages of grief, situation right where you have your initial kind of situation your initial reaction to it 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 uh broadens out into something where you're like okay what do i need to do and then eventually you sort of fall into a routine or something that you you've accepted the situation and you can you can sort of progress through it and and i i found myself doing the same thing and what what i found was the most fascinating about it is seeing everybody come to that at a different time at different yeah, levels yeah. yeah and i think i i i think because i started working from home right off the bat when the schools closed i think i hit it like early on and then i saw other people coming to this and like you know their entire world falling apart i'm like Okay. You'll accept this. Yeah. I'm just gonna grab a, another beer. Yeah, I'm gonna do the I same feel- thing. <laughs> no, it's okay. Like we'll, we'll let you do it. We won't leave Jay alone. <laughs> go okay, ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Um. Yeah. I I thought that was uh that was an interesting part of this is like just seeing everybody and there's still some people who are still not quite at the acceptance stage of this. No, they've not know. accepted that this is a real thing. And uh, 
Did you hear Doug Ford call him a bunch of yahoos? Yahoos. All these yahoos out front. Okay, I'm okay. liking Doug Ford more and more as this thing it's goes like, am on. Am I agreeing with Doug Ford all the time? I know. I know. Can you believe this? <laughs> we, we, uh, Jay and I were not originally big Doug Ford fans, but I'm finding his behavior throughout this entire process, I've liked him more and more. Today, did you see this today? The video of him at the, like he does his updates I would like to say a la Trudeau, but it, they're so much more like him just shooting from the hip. And I, I kind of like it, you know? He he goes up I, there and he says, you got this bunch of yahoos protesting outside Queens Park and they're putting themselves at risk. They're breaking the law. They're putting the public at risk. Who are these people? <laughs> Half of them probably voted for him. Yeah, oh yeah. Easily. Yeah. I, uh, I, te- I tend to turn them off on weekends, but I usually watch them thr- throughout the week. And, like, the first two to three weeks, he looks so stressed out. Like, <laughs> at those friends call, you can see it in his face. But one of the things that's funny is that he always says, let me be clear. And I thought it'd be a fun drinking game if you're watching it. Like, every time he says that, you got to take a drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does he say friends or folks? What does he say all the time? He says folks. Yeah, folks. Folks, all right, yeah. folks. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to get another beer. Yeah, okay. What are you drinking there? I am having a partake. Partake pale. All right. Partake pale. So this is actually a non-alcoholic uh, craft beer. And that's from, uh, it's a craft brewery from Southern Ontario. Um, it's from Toronto, actually. And I'm filling my beer on my table now. So, yeah, it's from Toronto. Okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. I had the, uh, first I had the, I guess it was this. Sabo or I can't remember what it was. Whatever the switcheroo is now at uh, at Full Beard and now yeah, oh, and I'm dropping everything <laughs> and now I'm having the 705. Nice. Oh, nice. That's a nice light one. Nice. Yeah. I uh, I got my shipment from uh, Stack this week. There you go. Um, right now I'm pouring myself uh, an expansion sour IPA. Ooh. It's fucking delicious. Like there this is a just a strong sour and it's it's really good um and before that i was drinking the panache session ipa yeah is that from stack as well yeah yeah Yeah. from stack as well so uh yeah we had our buddy nick gignac who uh runs the kitchen over there and uh he yeah uh we figured we'd support him i'd support him a little bit and uh send out for a case so we're not huge friends of him but we just have to pretend well, I mean, we want him to come on the podcast again, so. Yeah. <laughs> you can pretend come. to be friends with him to be cool, is that what you Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we don't have cool jobs like he does. He's a chef. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, oh, I, I just had something. Oh, no, but uh, I found that I was, I, I was kind of thinking and just, like, wondering about the, the Doug Ford and the, uh, Trudeau, you know, how good of a job did they really do? And oh. I just still think that obviously there was a there, there was a delay and do I think they did a, you know, was should they have answered earlier or done something earlier? You know, like hindsight's twenty twenty. I think uh, it's a really, it's really hard to kind of gauge that because yeah. this is something that's completely new, right? Like, yeah. who knows? And like, I think it could have been a lot worse than what it is now for us. Yeah. Like if you look at some of the other countries in terms of Italy, Spain, France, U.S., like yeah. they've gone completely downhill, right? So it's 
Well, there's a lot of factors at play here, right? Like, one, you don't know how it's going to impact your country. And you don't know, you don't want to shut down your economy completely if you're not convinced that it's going to have that big of an impact. But anybody who's like kind of looking at other countries and how, and the experiences they've had, you sort of start to get an idea of how many people are getting sick and all of that, right? You start to see what their curves look like, how their certain countries, uh, health systems got overwhelmed. But the, the one thing that like people who are critics of the shutdown, and I think they've got, not that they've got a point, but they've got reasons to be critical, right? A lot of them have their own business interests. And we talked about this last time, right? Like how people tend to gravitate towards answers that suit their questions and they're legitimate questions right like people who are having legitimate hardship from this but yeah i think that's human nature you're gonna do that but yeah of course of course but the thing that i i think people who are criticizing shutting it down they're making the point of well is it are, are we doing more harm by shutting everything down than we would have if we would have just let let this go and like is it really that deadly is it really and we in the 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 thing is, is we really don't know that stuff right now. But there's the so problem, much unknown. That's the yeah. exactly. But the problem that that I think these people are are having is they're not looking at what the economy. They're they're thinking like, well, normal time economy versus shutdown economy because of the virus. They're not thinking normal time economy. Then a vi- like then a pandemic hits. Like, what does your economy look like when half the population is sitting at home sick? Mm-hmm. Right. What What are your business? What does your business lo- operations look like? What does your revenue look like in your restaurant if everybody who would have gone to your restaurant is at home or in the hospital or dying? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Italy, they had big military trucks carrying bodies across the country. When I saw that, it was like, oh, yeah. like, but most most Italian military trucks have always usually been used to carry and cargo certain <laughs> things and not actually win wars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> daily life. <laughs> we're gonna get angry comments from the italian army you know that right (laughs) that's all we can do is that a big niche for you guys the italian army actually yes actually yeah Yeah, that in serbia for some reason i don't know why (laughs) Uh, i i was reading an interesting article and they were talking about you know utilitarianism and it's kind of like the first and main kind of big discussion when it comes to like political science and all that stuff. If any, at any BS university, you know, P, political science class, uh, you know, it's like, do you do, you know, is, is it, do you sacrifice a few for the greater good? You know, like, is that the way to do it? And the argument is the people who are pushing that argument of come on, like, you know, you hear these crazy, you know, Georgian senators and whatever saying like, let's reopen, let's get, let's do it. You know, like, I know if I pass, I'll be okay. But the idea, but the, the true idea of utilitarianism is that everyone has the same chance and opportunity to get sick, get hurt, get killed, or whatever for the greater good. This is still would be a selective group of people who would be who would be exposed at a higher degree than somebody else. So we're essentially signaling out individuals who are working essential services, you know working food, working in retail, they would be the ones at a higher risk of collecting this, of getting this problem where individuals at a, you know, quote unquote, higher social economic status 
or like you know i'm working from home i'm Laptop not top heroes or risk yeah like i'm staying at home i'm doing this or you know you're a politician screw it i'll just you know i'll tell you guys go back to work i'll sit around like you know the uh, mayor of las vegas let's go for it let's let's open it up it's like yeah you're you're not the one who's going to be getting sick so and the one big thing too is usually with a lot of these you know essential jobs when it comes to retail and whatnot is usually uh immigrant communities lower paid com- uh, individuals people who already don't have good medical uh support or whatnot are the ones that are are going to be exposed to a greater degree so it's really it's it's not utilitarianism no. whatsoever but people keep trying to use that argument as that's the way to go but yeah, yeah. it's neat it was a neat article i was just kind of going over it just well that is interesting yeah no go ahead sylvie no it's just like the way that i've been kind of looking at it too for me in terms of social distancing and you know you know um how i've kind of wrapped my mindset in terms of you know what i need to do and you know completely isolate myself is really to like, I'll probably be okay. If I catch this, um, my immune system is pretty strong. I'm young and healthy. Um, but then I'm kind of looking at it like, okay, so when I get it, and I have to look back on the last 14 days, am I going to be proud of my behavior when I have to report on every single person that I've come into contact with? Because I know, like, some people aren't practicing the social distancing as much as, you know, somebody like, like I am. And I'm very, very fortunate, right. That I get to do that. But then I'm like, if I, I was able to make the choice of not going to a friend's house, not going to my parents, like limiting my, you know, visits to the grocery store. And I have to look back, like, am I going to be proud to say that, you know, I did everything that I could to stop the spread of this. Right. So it's not necessarily like, staying home to keep me safe, but it's to keep everybody safe and like looking at the community. So even looking when you talk about mindset and language, like, you know, you're not stuck at home, you're safe at home, like these kinds of, you know, just switching that mindset. And, you know, I'm doing this for the community. It's hard. I want to go see my friends. I miss, you know, doing this, this and that. Um, But really, it's like for that greater good, right? And then if let's say that I pass it on to somebody else, and that person got really sick and maybe even passed away, how would I live with myself knowing that like all I had to do was stay home? And I know some people can do that. Some people are working and don't have that, that privilege. I understand that I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good in the situation as it is. Um, but it's just sort of where I put my mindset into it. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good way to frame it because uh, like, especially now people are starting to sort of, either settle into this or they're starting to experience <laughs> fatigue from it. Right. Like how long is yeah. this really going to go on? What do you mean? My summer is going to be canceled. Um, and, and there's one part of this that's kind of like a sad irony is, and and I think in a couple podcasts back, Jay, you referred to the blitz, like the way uh, that, like that was a real thing that, that, that people had to endure. Uh, and, and it's sort of a lot of times this whole effort gets likened to a war. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things like I've, I've read, um, I read a real good book called tribe by Sebastian younger. And uh, I was just going to reference right? that because he, uh, he went on to the Oprah super soul Sunday and talked about, um, yeah. Anyways, that, that book. Yeah. Yeah. And any, any references about like how people 
really had a good collective kind of, like they look back in, during that to that time with like fond memories that everybody was yeah. helping each other out and there was a lot of uh community the building bulldog there. spirit that's right uh but the the one thing that like we're sort of going through those same efforts right now the same kind of collective everybody's got to come together and do the same thing but the one thing we're not getting to do is to be physically close together yeah we're not that's all helping was, yeah. each other dig ourselves you know dig people out of the rubble or it, like we're unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately no but it was <laughs> fortunately or unfortunately but unfortunately we might if if we don't take the time to sort of grasp at ways to to continue to connect and and realize that we're all in this together that we might miss out on that part of it the part where we really feel like we're all doing something to help each other out and it it really is counterintuitive to be sitting at home and to feel like you're saving lives but that's what you're doing, you know. But it's... you're also seeing, like, you're you're seeing um, people jumping up and you know sewing masks. You have people like those uh, birthday parades that are going on where people get in their cars and they pass by somebody's house and like I look at some of those and I like it hits me in the feelings. I'm like, oh my god, that's so touching. And yes. that parade that was at TDH as well with the um, that was True. just the other day with the cop cars, like really awesome movements. And I was talking to my friend um, who lives in Vancouver. And this was last Saturday. We were talking on the phone and she was, okay, one second, I just got to go on my porch. And she puts the phone down and then she starts yelling and copying. And she comes back, did you hear that? I said, hey, well, I could hear you. What are you doing? And she says, every night at 7 p.m., everybody gets out on their porch, on their front yard and just yells and claps for the essential service staff that are on the front lines. And like, that's like hearing things like this are just very moving how people are stepping up, right? Um, I'm finding stuff like doing trades with friends and stuff where I'm like, okay, I couldn't find soya sauce at the grocery store. I really <laughs> want to make this recipe. Like, do you have some? Yeah, I have some. Hey, do you have this? Cause I don't have this. So we're doing like mailbox drops. I'm trading, you know, curry paste for cookies and like just doing these kind of, you know, random things. And I'm like, this is just our lives now. This is what we do. No, but it's kind of so, cool. It's kind of cool, right? To be doing that. And yeah. And I think we, if we can come out of this, and still retain some aspect of that. And if anybody's sort of getting that feeling of like, shit, I'm so sick and tired of being in my house. I don't want to lose my camping this summer. I don't want to lose my my fish. Well, I don't think anybody's going to have their fishing. Uh, like fishing season apparently is going to start when it's supposed to start, yeah. but, uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to lose my concerts. I, I still want to be able to do this, do that. Like change your perspective for a second. Like look, look out and look where you could be of service to help somebody else who might need a hand. And that will carry you through this shit for fucking months. And like, this is, this is where mindset shifts in. And if you go back to that tribe um, with Sebastian, I forget his last name, but if you go back to that um, in crisis situations, what brought people together is the fact that you had to step up and help your neighbor. And that as social beings, we feel good when we're helping other people. Right. But just also switching your mindset to stop looking at the things that you can't do right now. And the things that are canceled, like I had my four months, I have these big, um, just calendars that I put up in my office and my wall where I plan all my events. And one day I was just like, okay, no, rip them all off. I'm like, this is not my life anymore. Like (laughs) something new is going to happen. Right. So just switching that mindset is like, you know, stop looking at the things that you can't do. I had um, my birthday 
um, in March, at the end of March. And I went, I ordered cupcakes from Rachel's cupcake shop and I went and got little party hats, whatever napkins. And I went and dropped them off at these different households. And then, you know, meet us online at 7am. I kind of like decorated my little back. I had a little backdrop decorated and we, and yeah, everybody had candles. So I was like, Hey, everybody like the candle <laughs> now, you know, so just finding innovative ways nice. to connect and celebrate. It was still a really hard birthday because I usually celebrate for the week and have little gatherings with different sets of friends and family, but just, you know, looking at the things that you can do, yeah. um, you know, and how you can connect like those watch parties, watching, you know, the, the music connecting on zoom, playing the, uh, the games. Right. So yeah. it's not the same, but it's still something that you can do. And like, well, it helps you, it helps to know that you're doing it for a reason though. That's the thing yeah. because you, it is still a sacrifice. And as much as, you know, in the initial stages of, the, of this, we wanted to sort of, I, I think there was a bit of a push to minimize this, like the idea that you, you would sit around and, and not do anything for a couple of weeks. Well, a couple of weeks turned into a month and a month might turn into many months. And now it suddenly doesn't feel like it's such a small sacrifice, right? So it feels like you, you know, especially when people, and now some people are losing their jobs and, and it's really taking a real impact on, on people's lives. So it really helps to remind yourself that this actually is doing something and you're doing it for yeah. a specific reason. It's not you know, it's, it's not an overreaction. It's not. And, and this is what's mm -hmm. kind of difficult about hearing the commentary that goes against this. It's people in a, you know, in the age of disinformation, you can get all sorts of stories out there that, that tell you a reason why you sitting at home is not doing anything. It's, and it, if anything, it's contributing to the, you know, March of totalitarianism and uh, <laughs> whatever verbiage you want to use, uh, whatever verbiage of the of the day they want to use, but it's it, it helps to be reminded of these things that like when you look at the sh and I, I think Charlie had a good post. Charlie Angus he put had a good post about the that bum uh, uh, yeah <laughs> that bum <laughs> he friend friend of the I show. Was he playing music again or? <laughs> uh, digital is great. Guy, eh? Yeah. No, but he, he put out a good post and I, I don't know if it was a share or if it was uh, his own post, but it basically saying how when you look out at the empty streets in your city or you look at these pictures of like real large centers with empty streets and people look at them, they go, oh my God, this is so creepy. It's like the apocalypse. And it's like. Really, if you look at it, this is a, a demonstration of the biggest act of cooperation yeah. amongst people yeah. in probably any of our life lifetimes, right? Like everybody is staying home because they understand that it's probably not them that's going to get sick. It's yeah. they're probably going to get somebody else sick, right? Yeah. So everybody is getting is staying staying home in order to help their neighbor not get sick and die. <laughs> so yeah, to me, that's, it, that's inspiring. It, what's really interesting too, is that it's, it's happening globally. Like I'm talking to people in, you know, different parts, different corners of the world that I'm like, okay, how are you guys doing in the Caribbean? Yeah. We're isolated. This is what's happening. We're at home. Like everybody's going through this, which is actually quite fascinating. And it, it's really going to, um, it's going to change things in a big way. Who knows where that's going to go. Um, but it's, 
definitely going to change things. I'm worried that the borders are going to open up. I'm a traveler. I like to leave the country <laughs> at least twice a year. So I'm just like, you travel I'm virtually. Like <laughs> sure. True, true, true. Uh, well, I did make some Thai curry the other night, so I guess I can, you know, eat my way. <laughs> I'm just hoping, honestly, I, I'm hoping that there's a lot more people that start podcasts because <laughs> eh, I, I feel like I need more local podcasts to listen to. Uh, that's that's the one thing that's that's been... Uh, I, I honestly thought uh, when we started this one that there was going to be like, oh yeah, people are going to like super be into this and they're just going to be... Ri- Really Uppercase. like, hey man, I'm gonna start my own podcast. But Maybe now you guys just need to step up your game and I do more podcasts. So. I guess so. Well, we have been doing a lot more. Uh, we since we've been at home. Let, let's just put it this way: this podcast is known less for producing episodes than it is for taking hiatuses. I don't know what what's the <laughs> is a hi is the plural of hiatus um, hiati. I don't know. Like, what? <laughs> But we've taken a few. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But we like now that we're home, and it seems to, that we have more time to do that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And they're a no, little. I, mean, I, I think it's funny because I've been. I've people have reached out to me, asking me what I use for podcasts. You know, what programs, what this, what that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. See, people seem to be more interested. And it's funny now that I am getting a fair amount of people saying they went back to re-listen to some old ones. And you know, going on, so it's it's interesting how I think people are actually kind of jumping on it a bit more. Uh, and I know, like Paula as well, she keeps uh, uh, she's a big Freakonomics podcast, and that's all mm. she listens to nonstop. So I like that one, and, yeah. And uh, she still is. She just called Corey a wuss, saying that uh, he still didn't take her up on uh, doing a uh, 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 financial podcast. Oh, yet. personal finance podcast. Personal right, finance, well. yeah. I'll tell her, uh, let me clear my schedule first there. Um, I'm going to take a vacation from beer and bullshit and then we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Months. Oh, it's, yeah. Months. months. I think a personal finance, uh, kind of podcast would work well in terms of, you know, how to manage things in these times. I've noticed my food budget is like doubled. <laughs> My beer budget, dear Lord. Oh, I've been yeah, drinking so much more. <laughs> See, I'm glad that you brought that partake up because um, yeah. I, I I was training for a marathon this summer and I was like not drinking for a little while. And I keep I kept saying seeing this thing and I was like, ah, am I really going to like resort to drinking non-alcoholic beer during this time? Or am I just going to be like, yeah, I didn't drink for a month or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. is it good? Like it's, it actually like tastes like beer. It's you haven't tried it. I have not tried it. Okay, I like the partake because it's it, it tastes like craft beer, and I'm like I'm a huge, I was a huge beer <laughs> drinker, huge craft beer drinker for the last like ten years. So I really um, I like this one. Um, and then you, I don't know, it just feels like you're you're drinking a beer. But you don't have you know the hangover the next day. Ah, <laughs> is that key, right? No, no. This is the only reason we drink, right? Is for for the next day to be hell. Well, it's funny because people look at me and they're like, "Ooh, gross! Like you're drinking non-alcoholic beer. What's the point?" And I'm like, "Well, I like the taste of yeah. beer, you know." So well, I was seeing a lot of guys this year at men's league drinking, you know, like uh, you know, 
whatever the, the Bud Light and the Coors uh, non-alcoholic beers. The Prohibition just, like, Brew. Eh? Yeah, the Prohibition Brews and all. They're like, oh, yeah. no, she like, uh, they're like, I like this one. I like this one. That one tastes bad. And they just enjoy having beer after the game with everyone else. And yeah, Heineken makes one too. So like the non-alcoholic beer market has grown um, quite a bit. So I'm doing a 365 day alcohol free challenge. So I'm seven and a half months in now. So wow. Good yeah. for you. That's uh, yeah. impressive. Um, I once shit is real. <laughs> I once didn't drink for a month. Uh, actually, I think it was only th- it was a thirty day month. That's for sure. But uh, was it February of twenty eighth? No, no. God, I wish. Was it the uh, was the marathon? No. Was it the uh, no? no? It was actually. Um, I think it was before I ran my first half. That was, I did that, but I did. I I also did sober October there with. Yeah, I hear it. So yeah. that that was a different one. Because I know, because when it came to the, the the marathon, we had beer immediately after. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> it was straight there. After actually, running. I think we went to go try. No, or no, yeah, the, we didn't go to the brewery or to the uh, the brewery in Hamilton. We went to the burger place in Lil. Yeah. Cocktail bar before that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Went to there's a there's a half marathon in the Okanagan in BC where it's called Half Court. So you actually <laughs> run the half marathon visiting different wineries on the way. Uh, I haven't done it. I don't know how it works, but if this <laughs> that sounds, might be one to check out. This sounds oddly derivative of uh Jay and I's beer runs. <laughs> yeah. we, <laughs> We before all this, when we were allowed to hang out, we would do uh, beer runs from just going. It'd be like once a week. We would do is ended up being like a twelve thirteen k run where we would run from down. I think it was Lonergan Park. We run to um, uh, like Shirley and run to Compass. Stop, have a beer there. Run to Full Beard, have a beer there, and run home. I saw you guys. I think at Full Beard once. Oh, you guys right. run a run. it's very, yeah, yeah. very possible. Yeah, we yeah. we have been known to frequent that place. So. And we want to. <laughs> we were talking about this before, but it might be out of the window now. But we want to do the uh, the beer mile. I still want to do it this summer. The summer. I think I think Doug Ford will is. let us do that. <laughs> we'll see. We we'll have to do it under the radar. So we'll beer do. mile is, uh, you know, four laps of a you know proper track. But mm-hmm. before every lap, you have to down an entire beer. Oof. Like chug it. Yeah. Chug it. So the, the, the record is held by uh, a runner who was at the University of Windsor, uh, you know, let's say eight years ago. He did in four minutes and 30 seconds. I can't run a four minute, 30 second mile without drinking beer. So this guy was kind of intense, but we want to do one here. And Jay, you or I up. could not bike a four hour, a four minute and 30 second mile. Like you know, that, yeah, so, four laps, so like, fast. Yeah. So if you fast. watch that video, like I know I made you watch it, Corey, but like you watch it and <laughs> this, this guy is just, well, he's like seven feet tall almost, but he's a sprinter. Yeah. yeah. So he has like everything going for him, but the guy just runs and like chugs a beer, like, like a champ and keeps running. But there's a, a pace rabbit running who does not drink. And he like almost laps this guy. <laughs> Like he's going so wow. fast. Like, uh, I would love to do it, and like every person, like have like five or six people, and have every person, uh, you know, kind of uh, or promote one of the breweries yeah. in like Northern Ontario. Whoever wins, that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I think it'd be a fun one. 
That's that's I one thing I've I noticed. Carry on, I would not participate. <laughs> that's one thing I've noticed with um, with this whole situation. A lot of races got canceled, right? Like a lot of uh, mm-hmm. well, I guess it's large get-togethers, right? Like some of the. Uh, I was signed up to do the half in um, the half marathon in um, Ottawa, which I guess is a really big one. It would have been my first year doing it. And like 20,000 people in one place is just not going to happen. Yeah. So they've canceled it. But now, again, kind of going back to this idea of pivoting, right? A lot of these races are holding them uh, virtually. Yeah. So it's like, go yeah. run your own and send in your time and show your... your which... Like I again, it's missing something from it because it's not. You don't have that social aspect that comes with with those, and those types of things. And the, just you. the rush and the high of being in that like huge crowd of people, exactly. right? Just, yeah, the but, human connection. Or yeah. needing to take that poop just before the run. <laughs> You're gonna take it right at your time. house, though. No lines. Yeah, I know, but no lines. Not, just not the same. It's not the same. Because every time you're and that lineup at all those outhouses of getting a race is always intense. There's so many. There's never enough of those things. Um, <laughs> but but for me, I definitely thought that one of the things that that was really appealing to me when I got into this this running was the getting together with everybody who's run after the race like sort of hanging out in the park and everybody kind of chatting and everybody's on a high, right? Like your, your, um, endorphins. Is that the the word I'm looking for? Yeah. You had that one in Hamilton. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, something came up. I don't know if it was, uh, wasn't endorphins. It wasn't endorphins. No, that's for sure. I don't know if endorphins (laughs) are supposed to make you shiver and shake for an hour and a half in your hotel bed. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was rough. It was a horrible experience. I would say don't run a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) And yet you still sign up for more. (laughs) I'm going to do another one, yeah. But um, (laughs) I I thought one one of the parts that was really appealing is the fact that you get to hang out with a lot of people. We would do... um, like weekly park runs uh, at Gillies yeah. Lake here in Timmins, they have uh, a, f- a weekly 5K, and uh, that's been canceled. Um, I hope, like that, that was such a great event, and I hope that for some, in some way, it can be reinstated, either through like staggered starts and people being able to keep their distance while being outside, wh- whatever it is, you know. Uh, because I, I think a big part of that wasn't just going out there and running. It was like before and after the run, seeing everybody and see yeah. people come back, people come for their, their first week. And then, you know, they, they come back their second week and they've got a little bit faster time and so on. And, and this is the type of thing that, you know, seems to be reinforced when you have a little bit of a social aspect to it. Yeah. And I don't know how you simulate that online. Do you have, you know, a Skype call after and everybody sit we, around and talk about it? We would your... stick around and cheer everyone on when they Exactly, yeah. You, you could do something after. like that. You could do something like that, like have a support system. Um, like talking about those kind of self-runs. Discover Fitness just launched one today. Um, they have kind of a learn-to-run program. Cool. So you connect with people learning to run. And then there's a race, I think it's in June or something like that, where you run on your own, but you do the timing. You get, um, I don't know, there's other businesses involved, like sponsors and stuff like that. So it's more of a, like, trying to get that community feel, right? And feel like you're 
part of something, um, which is what people are missing right now. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's tough. And even with um, like the Rebel Soul Tribe events, like a lot of stuff we do is kind of arts and crafts. And it's, it's not really about what you're making. It's about the experience and, you know, coming together and meeting new people and that kind of thing. Right. It's never really about the, just the running. It's like yeah. the community that you're, that you're part of, yeah. um, which, which is what makes this so hard, right? On um, Like mentally in terms of just not being able to. And I'm sure that one of the things that people use, would describe it as is like, it's nice to get out of the house. You know? Yeah. I, I feel like that's, that's a thing that people are going to, are well, I don't know. It's probably an expression that you're going to be, that's going to be overused once this is all done. But, uh, Yes, uh, like it's something that you would hear all the time, right? Like people have, and and Jay, I'm sure as a new parent, you would know that it's just nice sometimes to get out of the house. He's like, oh shit, yeah, I have yeah. a kid. <laughs> oh no. What about him? Crap. No, I don't, yeah. Like I haven't been out, like my running has gone to crap in for the last how many months. I know I put weight back on and it's like, I just need to get back to it. What's really, really hard for us up north, too, is that, um, like, we tend to isolate and hibernate in the winter. So we've already kind of gone through our isolation phase where, you know, we had, like, seasonal affective disorder. We're kind of, I was ready to, you know, get out of the house more, start interacting more, and then this hit. So we've been, you know, isolating for winter, and now we're, like, really isolating now. So it's kind of like a double hitter for us up north, which is, you know. I know, and Makes and I, I've just been coming across articles like that on on my newsfeed now about how that's how uh, people are seeing it, right? It's like, oh, in Canada, across Canada, never mind Northern Ontario, even worse, right? Like we're still yeah. dealing with the last of our snow, but people in Canada, they they look forward to summer. We look forward to the the few months that we have. Yeah where we get to go to the lake, get to go to the beach, get to to do all these things, get together with friends for backyard barbecues, whatever it is. Like yeah. this is going to be tough. This is going to be a tough summer yeah. if we it, I mean again, it, we don't know what what the recommendations are going to be. Uh but those of us who choose to follow them uh appropriately, um let's say this persists for the next few months going to be a tough thing and it's going to be important for people to understand that what they're doing is important like it's not yeah. like we're not yeah. being asked to stay home for no fucking reason you know like it's uh, we 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 really are making a difference in doing that and if you can feel that you are making that difference and this kind of goes back to this whole like yeah. shared collective hardship thing is it's going to make it a lot more bearable to stay home and to to sacrifice your time so yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how people are going to deal with that. I don't know if we'll see more protests. Maybe we'll see yellow vests at city hall again. <laughs> it's interesting too, like going back to that tribe kind of uh, mindset and what they talk about in terms of like modern society. And we turn, we tend to live in isolation now. And, and like, you know, even before this, you didn't really have to leave the house to go shopping. You didn't really have to leave. So, and we're stuck on our, you know, electronic kind of devices. And that was already affecting, you see higher rates of anxiety, depression, social anxiety as well, where you're like, people get anxious about going out in a group setting. So that was affecting us already, right? Now this is just amplifying it and kind of, yeah, we need that human connection. We, you know, 
so it's I think it's really really hard and people need to kind of kind of look for those little tidbits of joy like kind of you know shifting your mindset and really doing things that you can find joy in and like Jay you can still go for runs but I think I I think it's sort of exposed how we got we got soft like we got used to to just having things in plenty and being able to go like one of the things that I think is really interesting is being able to get groceries anytime Basically, yeah. you need some like this. This idea of convenience became mm-hmm. less of a, a a luxury and more of something we felt we were entitled to. And and I think you're you're seeing a lot of people crack under the pressure now of like not having every convenience available to them, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. how are we supposed to live this way? It's like, I don't know. You know, you can either sit here and like bitch and moan about it. Or you can adapt. It's like you can, and and it's okay. You know, you can be, you can be scared. You can be anxious. It can cause you stress. All those things are going to happen. But the one thing that you just can't do is be weak. Like you you have to, like you, you can't be like, it's important to, when it gets, when it's tough like this, you got to have a strong resolve. You got to be able to go back to why you're doing this and why it's important to continue doing this. So that's my, that's my, uh, uh, any given Sunday speech. And sort of looking at like, okay, like, yes, this is really hard and that's okay. Like, you know, yeah, this sucks. This is really hard. It, we're going to get through this. It's going to pass. It's not, you know, this shittiness is not going to last forever. And I think really like, like living overseas in developing countries. Like I've lived in some of the poorest places in the world where, um, you know, I first moved there. I didn't necessarily have friends. So I spent a lot of time alone. Then I had to, you know, everything that I wanted all, you know, the stuff that were available here weren't necessarily available there. So it kind of got used to like, okay, I just need to, you know, I don't have those things now. That's fine. So kind of like, you know, I'm looking at like, adaptability and like how I'm kind of adapting to this in similar ways that I had to adapt in other like cultural uh, settings, norms, those kinds of things. But in those situations, I was still able to go shopping and go to the market and do those (laughs) things where you still had interaction. Like I remember living in the Caribbean and my favorite thing to do was on a Friday was to go down to the market and people were so friendly there that I would just, see a stranger we start talking and then an hour would go by right we're like okay i'll see you later you know so like still having those interactions but having to adapt to different surroundings um i think that's what's kind of counterintuitive it's counterintuitive right see the the boissonos we were renowned quitters (laughs) Uh, so during, during the blitz we they surrendered day one uh, or they were willing to surrender day one and also, uh, j- during the Afghan war, uh, we were surrendering to the Taliban ahead of time. Even though we were here, we just figured, <laughs> play it safe. Just surrender now. So, yeah. It's like Ken Brockman's uh, news uh, where he says, we welcome our alien, uh, our, our ant overlords. <laughs> hey, uh, listen, guys. We, we've been going for uh, almost an hour and a half now, yep. if you can believe it. Was I right when I said it was just going to fly by? 
Yeah, I did just fly by. I was kind of nervous coming on here. I'm like, I can't talk that much. I don't know what I'm going to say. You're, you're probably talking to like 12 people. This is, what, this is what we joke about. We have dozen of people. Not dozens. We have dozen of people listen, listening to this Sorry, podcast. Does I still sound okay? I, I unplugged my mic on accident. No, no, no. I still hear you. Okay. We still hear you good. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can hear you. Yeah, all right. So, uh, Sylvie, we're going to wrap this up. But uh, before we, we let you go, um, tell us where people can find you. Uh, tell us about your business and uh, where, you know, in these weird times where people can sort of uh, find out what you're doing, where what events that they can attend online. And once this gets going again, what you've got planned for, uh, for in-person gatherings once we're able to do things together again. Yeah, okay. So um, the main place you can find me is on Facebook through the Rebel Soul Tribe uh, page. I am also on Instagram. And then I have a um, a newsletter, like an e-newsletter as well. Um, if folks want to sign up to that, they can email me, rebelsoultribe at gmail.com. Um, and then you get the events, you know, all of the information straight into your inbox. That's probably the best way. Um, and then I haven't really... Like I said, I'm kind of taking things day by day, right? So I haven't like made a big picture plan. Um, there's stuff that's going to be happening in May that'll be posted in the next uh, week or so um, on the Rebel Soul Tribe page. So we will be doing more of the creative socials, as I like to call it, um, you know, arts and crafts kind of thing. I'm also um, going to be launching some uh, yoga workshops and series. So kind of looking at, um, you know, the mind, body, soul connection to kind of get you through these hard times and um going into uh like the business is kind of focusing on a lot on the creative socials but now we're moving into um kind of uh empowerment stuff self-development kind of stuff so launching a healthy eating kind of mindset uh workshop online workshop that's coming up in may um as soon as we open up i will be taking out my paddle boards and getting <laughs> on the water and the way that that business uh, works is that I have inflatable boards. So um, basically, we can it's a mobile business, right? So a lot of the stand-up paddleboard yoga classes I offer, we usually meet at Hershey. But I've also met people at their cottages, at their houses, if they have a body of water, um, really um, anywhere. We also do some stuff socials. So those are kind of free events where we meet up. If you have a, a paddleboard, if you don't, I can rent one um kayak canoe and we just go for like an hour long paddle and then uh we often meet at um the brewery have a beer afterwards that kind of stuff um and then we'll see i was sort of wanting to plan a conference for the fall but that might like a women's conference but that might get pushed over to next fall so yeah so we will see you there (laughs) yeah yeah um like a lot of my two exceptions for men a, a lot of um, stuff that I do, you will see a lot of women at. Um, there is some stuff where uh, men do attend. It's a lot of um, their partners dragging them to these events and having kind of like, I've seen couples come as their like fun date night out to, um, you know, do a painting. Um, you know, we've done um, terrarium building uh, workshops, lamp making workshops. So it's really um trying to find different things to do and excuses to kind of leave the house. And it's fun because you get to like leave with something afterwards. Right. I heard somebody Mm -hmm. explain it as like, Oh, I just tell my husband, it's like, I'm going fishing. I go somewhere, (laughs) 
we chat and then I take something home. So, <laughs> you know, that kind of Makes sense. Um, idea behind it. So, and I'm always trying to keep, keep things fresh. So always partnering with um, different local businesses. Most of the, my venues, like a lot of events happen at Full Beer Brewing or Aline's Tea Shop. Um, I was hoping to kind of expand that and hit different venues to kind of feature different uh, places in town. So hoping to do that when we reopen. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically, that's the, the gist of it, I guess. Awesome. Well, I, yeah. we're really happy to, happy to have you on the podcast and, uh, we really appreciate you coming on, taking the time to speak with us and, uh, giving your take on things. Uh, and as we do every episode, Jason, do you have any words of wisdom to sign us off on? See, I don't know if I've said this one before, because the second I saw it, I was like, I have to say this one. Somebody will bust us for it. Uh, it was by Tina Fey. In a study, scientists have reported that drinking beer can be good for your liver. I'm sorry. Did I say scientists? I meant Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Okay, cheers.